You're listening to a presentation recorded live at the National Bioneers Conference. To learn more about the annual conference or Bioneers productions, including the award-winning Bioneers radio series, please visit www.bioneers.org. Well, there's been a lot of reason to despair over the last 30 years. I think it's important to remember our history, and particularly the history in the United States with seed systems. In the 19th century, in the 1800s, we had a very robust public seed system. Uh, in fact, our patent and trade office was in, involved with collecting seed from all over the world, growing it out in a garden right there in Washington, D.C., uh, evaluating these, this exotic germplasm that was coming in from around the world, increasing the amount of seed, and then sh sharing that seed with farmers and gardeners throughout the United States. After the Patent and Trade Office did it for a while, the USDA took it over, Treasury Department, and then the USDA took it over. It was a very robust program within the USDA. lasted until 1923, a free seed program, where literally the major way that gardeners and farmers got new varieties in this country was through this government seed program. And our representatives, our congressional representatives, senators, would bring seed back to their constituents when they'd come back home from DC to stump for your vote, basically. So we had a very healthy system at one point. And really, even through the 20th century, we had something that was quite beautiful. We had strong public universities that were serving rural needs, regional needs. We had small private seed companies emerging that were breeding for specific needs of farmers in different regions. We had a very healthy system, and it's only been in this last 20 to 30 years that the shift has occurred. Many of you probably know that for decades now, there have been many people and organizations concerned about the ongoing loss of genetic diversity in our agricultural crops. This loss of agricultural diversity has primarily come through concentration in the seed industry, through acquisitions, mergers, patents, different forms of intellectual property concentration, on what historically had been a public resource, a living public resource that we have stewarded for over 10,000 years as a shared commons, a shared common human resource. So what's happened? How did we, have, how did we get to the place where 10,000 years of agricultural history has so quickly been concentrated into the hands of so few? No other natural resource, not, not our oceans, our forests, no other natural resource has so quickly gone from a robust, public living resource to a very concentrated resource where literally four companies control 50% of the world's proprietary germplasm. Those companies, none of them were seed companies 20 years ago. They were all agricultural chemical or pharmaceutical companies, but they very quickly came into the seed industry, bought up existing seed companies, and in so doing began to drop varieties from the public domain and subsequent loss of choices and options for gardeners and farmers ensued. Luckily, there's been a lot of good work in that 20 or 30 years on our side of the fence, the grassroots side of the fence, building community seed projects, getting, doing heirloom concentration. So it's not all bad news, but nonetheless, there's been this very strong, rapid shift of concentration of ownership of seed. Along with the, the loss of genetic diversity that has come with that has really been a, a loss of seed skills. Communities, farmers, gardeners, ability to care for this resource, to steward it and pass it on to future generations. And I'm not talking about just the skills of how to save seeds, how to preserve heirlooms, that's important. But there's more important, a skill that we've had for 10,000 years that is really about never being happy with what we have, never thinking that what we have when it comes to seed is good enough. And instead, always continuing to improve the quality 
and the attributes of, of these living plants that we work with, have worked with for 10,000 years. You know, I once heard someone talk about, a, they did a session on heirlooms, the seeds God gave us. And I thought that was a kind of a nice, cute way to put it, but it's not true. You know, 10,000 years ago, the tomatoes that we think of as heirloom tomatoes today were relatively toxic wild plants that if you ate too many of them, it would have killed you. And we as human beings, in cooperation with nature, using natural knowledge and wisdom, began to select and develop plants to meet our needs as humans. We developed heirlooms. And today, there are plant breeders developing the heirlooms of tomorrow. So this is a living resource that continues to evolve, and it requires an ongoing human interaction. And that is, to me, the scarier thing than just the loss of diversity by name alone, the loss of this variety or that variety. What's really at risk is the loss of these living systems, this ongoing evolutionary relationship that we've had with these crops. Because when you lose that, you get into a, a situation in which you have to put energy towards trying to restore those living systems. So as we all know, when it comes to soil, soil depletion occurs, you can restore your soil, you can build back up the tilth of your soil, but it takes energy, it takes capital, it takes time. And it's much better to have regenerative systems in our soil, where we're constantly caring for it in a way that the soil is improving, that the, the vitality of the living organisms in the soil are gaining value year after year, generation after generation. So it is with seed. We don't want to constantly be in a situation where we're trying to restore knowledge, restore the vitality of these living systems, and instead we want to have regenerative systems where value and equity are gained incrementally generation after generation. That's the, that's the end goal here, is not to just be in restorative mode, but to be in regenerative mode. <laughs>